not a tumor. See you at the party, Richter. Hello and welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. This week's episode, we're doing a spotlight on Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. We also have a special guest joining us this episode, ultimate fitness junkie and Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, Ethan Dangberg. This is really fun, guys, and I hope you like the episode. Enjoy! All right. Hi, folks. It's Tony and the Movie Guy. We have a brand new episode of Tony and the Movie Guy, the podcast. This is a testosterone-filled episode. So Miss Money Annie bowed out today. Uh, but in her place, I've got a great guy. He's all pumped up. You look like a little Arnie yourself. Uh, it's Ethan Dangberg. Here I am. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, it's a pleasure. And so, I mean, I know this is the first time I've actually met you, Ethan. Your brother, Trevor, is a lot of people may know as Tony the Movie Guy Jr. because he helps run all the movie bowls on the uh, social media pages and stuff like that. And I know you've followed uh, a lot of the, uh, the the podcast episodes and so on. Uh, we share a mutual love for movies. So look, I'm super pumped to have you on the show, man. Welcome. I've been a fan of the podcast for quite a while. Love following all your content and been looking forward to this one for quite a bit of time. Yeah, which I haven't told the listeners yet, but Ooh, we're going to get okay. there. By the way, thank you for representing. I call it TMG Nation. Yes, You're sir. wearing proudly the Tony the Movie Guy podcast t-shirt. Only wear it proudly and especially at the gym. Do you really? Oh, yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, so Ethan is kind of perfect for this episode because uh, I wish I was, you know, uh, what you would call a, a tall buff man. I'm getting there. I'm more like a hobbit, though, in, in reality. Ethan, you're, you're a man. I I'll like that. I'll tell you this. Your gains are in your voice, good right. sir. And while maybe physically it's not there, but in this podcast and storytelling, it's... Uh, so he it's just confirmed physically it's not there. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you work out. I mean, you're buff. I do my part. That's good. I do my part. All right. So it's only fitting. Uh, this episode has been a couple months in the making. Um, and Ethan, I really appreciate it because you drove all the way down here to, to LA to do the show with me today. Uh, we've got our whiskey with us. We've got our cigars. This is a spotlight episode on the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnie. Who, I, I mean, look. I grew up on Arnie. You know, uh, Arnie, Sly, Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis were kind of, those were my boys growing up in the 80s and 90s. I, I, I love the guy. And maybe he's faded a little bit in the last years. We're going to get into it. This is going to be a deep dive episode. Uh, people seem to really like these uh, where we do a spotlight on a director or an actress or an actor. So uh, we, you chose Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm all for it. That's what we're going to do with this episode. Let's make it happen. You know, Arnold really is the one guy that represents the American dream in its fullest. And he's not even American. That's and he's not even so American. And that's the about idea it. about it because he was able to come here from a different country, not only make it in one industry, a second industry, and a third industry, right. and then keep going. It's spectacular to see what he's been able to do for himself and then the of course, the amazing films he's allowed us to grow up on. That's such a good point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, he has literally mastered competitive wrestling. 
he has mastered acting. I mean, he has, and he's mastered politics. It's nuts. It's unbelievable. Well, competitive bodybuilding from the standpoint of... So competitive bodybuilding. Yes. And if you look at the golden era of bodybuilding, he was the one that put it on the map. So not only his personality and his charm, but he had a physique that was second to none. You had these guys winning Mr. Olympia, Mr. Universe a number of times over, but he had it four, five, six years in a row where nobody could touch him. And when you look at his history past, just in bodybuilding, he was a legend. And then to move in from that into acting and then into politics, it blows my mind sometimes what he's been able to do. He's truly a self-made man. Yeah, and it's awesome because I told you Pumping Iron, which is a very famous documentary about that, is like the only thing of his I think I haven't seen. You know, And we're going to talk about it, don't worry. Cause, so our format is we're going to go through his entire body of work from start to finish because uh, that's what we do here at Tony the Movie Guy. We go all in. It's a deep dive. So are you ready to get pumped up? I'm ready to pump you up. All right, let's do it. Okay, good. So what I want to go through, and we're going to start, this goes way back to like the, the freaking 60s. Um, so some of these early ones, I, I'm not going to have a lot to comment on. And as we get to the ones that we're, you know, we know and love, we're going to have a lot more to say. Um, so yeah, he came, so he came from Austria. Over to America, right? Yeah, funny fact. I mean, his father was a gentleman that actually was part of the, from what I understand, the Nazi army. So he actually- heard this. Yes, and it's, well, he never committed any atrocities, but you can tell if you follow Arnie's life and his storyline almost, he distanced himself from his father over time, uh, reportedly never attended his funeral when he passed away. So we can look at, Coming from that upbringing, his father was a police chief for you know Austria at the time, and during you know World War II, when unbelievable things were happening, right. and to see this man not only transition from that upbringing and finding his love with weightlifting and his outlet with weightlifting, and then to move into America from there after he became famous in bodybuilding is uh, quite a story. Well, here's also what's so funny about Arnie: I I speak about him like he's like my buddy. Because I grew up with him. He's the everyman. He's the guy you could sit down, have a beer with, and talk anything. Right. Talk trash, talk whatever, and you can just have a good time with the guy over a beer, a nice cigar, and enjoy your time with him, just like you would any of your bar buddies or your beer buddy, anybody at all. It's uh, He's your everyman, and it's truly a self-made man in that way. It's nuts, because he's been in my life as as far back as I remember. Again, one of the first movies I ever remember watching is an Arnie film. It's crazy. One of my most traumatic experiences in a movie theater was from an Arnie movie. I'll tell you about that in a little bit, too. It's unbelievable the, the path he trailblazed, and especially if you look at the 90s movies, he created the 90s action genre, really. Oh, and 80s, in my opinion, yes, as well. Yes, that as well. He ruled the 80s and a, a good portion of the 90s. All right, well, I'm sure the listeners are chomping at the bit, so let's not keep them waiting in anticipation. Um, so way back in 1969, Hercules in New York. This was like his first film. I haven't seen it, have you? An easily forgettable film. Okay, I've heard it's god-awful. It's fun to watch from a standpoint of how bad acting can look like, but everybody has to start from somewhere. So does he literally play Hercules like in New York? (laughs) He plays Hercules in New York. You watch the film and it's so interesting when you see him in front of a camera. He's 22 years old. He has no idea how to act. He's probably barely able to memorize the lines. I wouldn't be surprised if there were somebody with cue cards behind the camera telling him what to say. It is deadpan Arnold at his best. Oh my God, I got to watch this sometime. Yeah, it's it's difficult to watch, but if you go into it with the right frame of mind, it's fun. 
That's crazy. Okay, 1973, The Long Goodbye. So this is a film with Elliot Gould. Have you ever seen that? This is not one I saw. Okay, this is a great movie. Arnie's in it for like two minutes. He's a henchman, and, and that's it. But it was kind of one of the first times in a Hollywood mainline respected movie that people noticed this huge, like, behemoth guy. Like, who is that? Well, this is right in the middle of his bodybuilding career. So he is in the best shape of his life that he could possibly be in, still competing in competitions and, you know, international competitions for Mr. Olympia and Mr. Universe. So you have a bodybuilder at its peak when bodybuilding was not a mainstream activity. Right. So that's going to be anything for the audience to catch eye to. That's such a good point, which I'm sure we're going to talk about more. Now, bodybuilding is, is very big. Then it was probably practically unheard of, right? In the 60s and 70s, it was becoming a thing, but had not really had mainstream acceptance or understanding. People are still wondering why these guys were lifting these big weights and and putting all this attention on building this physique, it seemed almost abnormal to many people. It hadn't quite hit that tipping point yet, so it definitely stuck out in a movie theater if his name was even, not even his name, but if his body was in a film. Yeah. It just was so odd versus today where it's very mainstream fitness and bodybuilding. You have guys like The Rock yeah. who are just, you know, that's what a mainstream action hero looks like. Yeah, and we're going to talk about The Rock and the comparison there because mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting topic as well. Okay, good. Um, Stay Hungry, 1976. I've never heard of it. Got nothing on that um, one. Yeah, I'm just, again, we, we go all in. We do a deep dive, so I'm going to cover the full filmography, um, but I have nothing else to say about Stay Hungry. So you're right. The next one, which I think came out around the same year, was Pumping Iron. One of the best films, in my opinion, of all time. <laughs> So here, here's what I'm going to do. You own the mic right now because I've heard of Pumping Iron and I've seen that clip, which is fucking hilarious, where best. Arnie is talking about how he's comparing bodybuilding to coming well, and having sex. More specifically in that one clip, and anybody that's listening can find it on YouTube and maybe some have already seen it. It's hilarious to see how honest he is. And just his whole, that's where you see Arnold's persona face. He's so charming he's, and he's sincere. And he's sincere, but you see him comparing the pump, which is for those that are weightlifters that listen to this podcast, understand there's a intoxicating feeling when you're working out and you have been working out for quite a bit and you are doing bicep curls or you're doing uh, uh, tricep extensions or something that's working your upper body out, especially your blood flows to your muscles when you're in the middle of your workout at your highest rep point and you're almost to exhaustion and your muscles feel like they're going to break out of the skin. It's, it's very exciting. I haven't had that experience. It sounds like you have, Ethan. I may have slightly come just now just talking about <laughs> it. But he, he describes that in, an, in a... It, well, Pumping Iron, first off, so everyone knows, is a documentary right. about the bodybuilding industry and that world that was starting to evolve. Oh, I didn't know this. So it focuses on Arnold, but it also focuses on Lou Ferrigna, who Lou, became the Hulk. Who became the Hulk. And so part of that documentary is actually about the competitive nature of both of them. They're both going to be competing in Mr. Olympia together at the sa on that's the same the world stage. Championship. That's the world championship. That's the world. That, whoever wins Mr. Olympia is the top bodybuilder at that time. And so Lou Ferrigno, hard of hearing, child growing up. Much younger than Arnold is at this time, introvert, shy, does not uh, trash talk at all. And here's Arnold, the ultimate charmer, but also the ultimate manipulator, and knows how to get into people's heads and knows he's that good. And so here's Lou, just getting shat on by Arnold constantly with remarks and statements. And Lou doesn't know what to do about it. He just does his best to physically bring his best to the competition. But Arnold knows that bodybuilding is not just a physical 
competition, but a mental one as well. Right. And so he dominates Lou from a standpoint of, of the conversations they're having. And you have to understand too, at this time, these guys were rooming together in the same hotel. They're working out in the same gym in Venice Beach. Most of them are at least. Lou trained and another Oh, that's where gym Muscle Beach is, right? Muscle Beach, yeah. Muscle Beach, Venice Beach. So Lou trained with his father, who was his trainer, in a whole different location. But a lot of these bodybuilders at that time that were competing against each other were actually work up, workout partners for each other. Wow. Which is the interesting dynamic of what that creates. But here's Lou, introverted, younger than Arnold, going up against the champion. And Arnold just has his day with him. Arnold wins number one for Misty Olympia for the umpteenth time in a row and uh you see the conversations at di different times of arnold having breakfast with lou and lou's father who is lou's trainer and arnold just he is just the master manipulator and you see him in his element and you can see how that that charm comes across later in his hollywood career and you see its initial beginnings in this documentary it really is quite fascinating and and in that interview when with the documentarian he he's describing the pump that feeling of just having your blood rush rush to your muscles he compares it to coming <laughs> and he goes well it's amazing can you imagine me i am like in heaven i am i am pumping iron in the gym and i'm like coming i'm having sex as a woman and i'm coming and i'm i'm coming day and night i mean can you imagine what it's like to be me i am always in heaven it is amazing and he just <laughs>, laughs and you you see where arnold comes from and you see how that took him into his hollywood career it's it's quite fascinating that's crazy how many times have you seen this 30, documentary easily 30 plus times really yeah easily <laughs> I wonder if Arnold and Lou are friends today. I can imagine they are. Obviously, Arnold uh, has his friends in Hollywood, but there's no way that they haven't become good buddies either in their younger age or even older because a lot of these competitors were very close with each other as as friends. Right. And, and it's a very inclusive sport that looks to support each other. So I can imagine they always had a good time and bust each other's balls all the time. Yeah, and look at how competitive Sly and Ani were. And now they're like the closest of friends. Completely. Yeah. And Lou Ferrigno lives in LA. So they're local. Actually, Kimberly Q of the Red Booth show, who I do the movie segment on, she had Lou Ferrigno's son on the show. No kidding. Yeah. In I wish summer. I was there for that episode. Man. That would have been, been epic. Fun. Okay. That's crazy. Did I give you enough time to talk about pumping iron? Well, let's just talk a little bit about <laughs> And I'll just give me a second and I'll spare your audience any, any time here a bit. But I will. No, I love your this, passion. This so is roll. great. Well, with one thing you have to understand is that a lot of these bodybuilders in this time, again, it wasn't a socially accepted thing yet. People were trying to figure it out, which is why they decided to make a documentary of it to see what this was and, and By how the way, this works. This is a very acclaimed documentary. Oh, absolutely. It's a very popular, famous documentary. Anybody who's anybody in the weightlifting bodybuilding industry has probably watched that film over 10 times because you just see the, the beginnings, the foundation of what became this craze of exercise, weightlifting, bodybuilding, powerlifting, fitness, an extravaganza that that swept over America, right? And it's it's fun to see these different competitors and what they were able to do. Most of them were carpenters, school teachers. Uh, they weren't full time professional bodybuilders. So this documentary walks you through not just Arnold, but Lou's uh, progression into the industry, and then other bodybuilders that became big over time, and to see how a how competitive it is, but also like I said, how inclusive it is, and also just how self-absorbing bodybuilding can be i mean and these course. guys are jacked up on all kinds like of steroids and, you know. they look like sculptures for fuck's sake <laughs> and they describe themselves as artists in some cases it's insane you don't even think of that but these guys consider themselves artists so if you look in the mirror and they look at a picture of themselves as a portrait right and they will work instead of the michelangelo chipping away at a shoulder or at a part of the his sculpture these guys are going i got to do six more reps of uh, deltoid raises in order to perfect that part of the art and bodybuilding really is that bodybuilding and what arnold made it to be i think 
is more of an art versus what you see a lot with CrossFit or powerlifting, which is really about functional strength or strength overall. Bodybuilding really is about, if I may say, the self self-absorbed viewpoint of self on how one looks across to the world because yeah, I'm sure Arnold was very functionally strong. Uh, he looked, his emphasis was on aesthetics more than on function. So amazing documentary for anyone that's interested. And Arnold has so many classic one-liners and classic interviews there where you really get to see the humor that you see later on in his action flicks and everywhere else down the line. Yeah. Here's a testament to that documentary. In addition to obviously the humor and entertainment value of it, you're a well-formed fit guy. Clearly this documentary hugely inspired you. Absolutely. Well, right. there was, I'll never forget my friend, Sebastian. He, one day when I was hanging out with him, uh, brought over a, the encyclopedia, the Arnold Schwarzenegger encyclopedia of working out. It was probably about, that exists? it exists. And it's probably seven inches dense full of just everything you got to know. And we were just going through that book on a constant, just a consistent basis, trying to find new ways to work out and inspired by, I don't know what it is, just inspired by the look, the fun, the intensity just being a strong guy, yeah. especially when I was myself a complete twig and dork, like in my teenage years, six feet tall, 150 pounds, like wanting to be uh, strong and big and, uh, you know, manly. And then you see someone like Arnold with either that book or other books that were written about him or even the documentary itself showed you that when you're in America, anything's possible. Yeah, you sold me, man. I'm going to watch it. Because as I said, it's one of the only like well-known things he's done that has kind of eluded me. So. And for anyone that's seen Spinal Tap, it, it feels like at times like a mockumentary. That analogy is so funny to me because Spinal Tap is pure genius, but it really comes across that way. To me, it did. Well, I guess with that clip about the coming, comparing oh my it gosh. to the pump. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, you, I think everyone will enjoy it. We'll move on from there because where his Hollywood career really took off was 1982, Conan the Barbarian. Such a great movie. Um, so here's what's interesting. I don't disagree. When I watched that as a kid, that film was A, awesome, and B, I felt like I was getting away with something as a kid. Because, I mean, there's boobs, sex, violence. Um, I watched it not long ago, and it's very outdated. I don't know if you've seen it recently. I watched it a couple years ago, yeah. and I think my just my admiration for Arnold overall is what makes me enjoy the movie. He's the reason to watch the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, he commands it. I grew up reading the Conan comic books as well, so that helped. Um, I was just surprised that, I, I don't know, I didn't get the same uh, fulfillment I remembered as a kid because I watched it a lot as a kid. Um, but I think that's the first film that really put him like in Hollywood's eyes. And there's a lot of stories about that film. I don't know if you know about the producer. Like he he had a one-on-one -on -one with like the producer and the producer thought he was so cocky and arrogant and he didn't want him for the film. And uh, he like walked into the office, pissed the guy off, walked right back out. But because everyone just knew there's something about this guy, we have to put him in it. He got the part and it became a big hit. And this is where Arnold, again, he's, he's still, when you watch the movie, he's very bodybuilder- he looks like that bodybuilder as if he just came out of a competition. So he is at the top of his game. His arrogance slash confidence slash bravado is second to none. So I'm sure that it was his way or the highway in many senses that probably drove a director or a producer. Absolutely insane. Yeah. And it's a brutal movie. It is. There's a lot of violence, a lot of sex. And again, I was watching that movie and I was like nine. I don't know what my parents were thinking. My favorite, thank you. <laughs> my favorite line from that, and I'm, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's okay. when he's asked... What is a good life? And Conan, it's his first line of the movie, I think, 20 minutes in. And he's sitting there on his throne and he says, crushing your enemies 
driving them before you and hearing the lamentation of the women, you know, and <laughs> you just, right. yeah, I you just completely, that. It, it, that describes Conan and coming from Arnold. Once you know his, the rest of his filmography and his story and who he is, it just makes total sense. Yeah. I will always remember him portraying Conan in that film. Absolutely. He did a great job. And then Conan the Destroyer came out in 84. Um, that film is so cheesy now. When I was a kid, I loved it. That was the beauty I of all the Arnold movies. We were it. raised on them. Yeah. So at the time, the memories and the feeling of when you watched it, it's it's hard to watch it as an adult because it almost takes away from that. And yeah. for that reason, I'm a bit always hesitant on watching some of those old movies again in in fear of losing that feeling. Most of them I still love. These ones, they don't hold up so well. But again, it's crazy. I actually, I was even younger. I was like seven when I saw these films. <laughs> Literally. That was the strange thing, too. For some reason, I was watching these around the same age as well. Okay. So I mentioned this earlier. One of my first vivid memories of watching a film was watching The Terminator in 1984. So this is the film that established Arnold Schwarzenegger as a star. And again, they didn't even want him for the role. You know the story of it, right? Yeah, I know a bit of the story. That I'll let you tell it. But it's interesting no, when you watch the movie, and I don't want to digress off that point, but... I watched it again recently, and I've watched it a number of times growing up. The movie isn't—he sells the movie, but Linda Hamilton just—it's— Oh, it's, she steals it. Yeah, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. But for it, me, she really does that in T2, which she'll get to. For sure, yeah. But it's its a movie—it's a very one-dimensional film. It, it's this one kind of road chase of the Terminator chasing Sarah Connor and right. then uh, having— Kyle Reese, her protector. Michael Bean, man. I yeah. love him in that movie. But you see Arnold with a few lines, and then I don't know what it was. There In that movie, there was no caricature of Arnold or the Terminator. Not that there ever was one, but you know, this is a... I'll tell you this, Tony. If you replaced his gun with a knife and took the sci-fi portion out of it, it would be a modern-day horror film. Right. It's a very bone-chilling movie. It's very gritty, the first one. It really is a gritty film. So I'm seven or eight years old. I'm sitting in in uh, you know our house. My dad, for some reason, thinks it's okay to put it on. I remember getting in trouble with the nanny because I watched it. And all I remember is that scene when Arnie rips his arm off. And I'm a seven-year-old kid, and my eyes were bulging out of my sockets. I, I mean, I, I didn't know what was going on. It was unbelievable to me. Um, but that film, um, again, we're, we're going to get to it. T2 is like one of my top top 10 movies of all time. Easily. I've gone back and watched Terminator a lot in the last decade. And man, that film, A, it holds up, and B, it's so good. But it, it, it's its own thing. It's a very gritty urban science fiction movie. And you're totally right. It's like a thriller horror. Um, so the story is, it was uh, either Peter Weller or Lance Hendrickson. They were supposed to be cast as the Terminator. It wasn't supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Somehow, because people thought this that bodybuilder guy, like, come on, you know, or really? I think because of how imposing he is and the fact that he has almost no lines other than, I'll be back, you know, is what made the film work so well because he looks like a walking killing machine. Well, Don't you agree? I totally agree. And because they made I'll be back one of his only lines... It reminds me, and this might be a terribly naive comparison, but when I watch the Hollywood or the Halloween movies with Michael, just the deadpan mask yeah. outside of the window and just the look of him 
just gives you it's chills. Scarier, it's more imposing. That's what the Terminator was in the first movie. Was this deadpan, no emotion. I'm only here to kill. Just a relentless killing machine. It's watching it recently. It's very. Uh, it was very difficult to watch from a yeah. standpoint of I'm kind of waiting for the Arnold from T2 to come out. But no, you're getting a bone chilling, no one liners, just uh, he's on a mission to kill. And yeah. it's very it's very uh, suspenseful from that regards, but also very bone chilling. The funny fact, the I'll be back line from all rumors that, that they mentioned is so Arnold had a hard time using saying the word I'll. So the line originally was, I will be back, or I, I will come this. back. That's right. But because of how he had a hard time with his accent, it came to, I'll be back. And that was the line he used, and that became It's immortalized, line. man. Yeah, completely. yeah. And he's used it in like eight other movies, oh, by the yeah. way. And he wore it out in Expendables 3, too. We'll go <laughs> into that, too. But yeah. But it's always, it's always going to be associated with Arnie. Um, yeah. So the Terminator really established him as a star. Obviously, it's James Cameron as well. So it gave the world James Cameron. Uh, Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor was fantastic. Uh, Michael Bean as Kyle Reese. Here's what I'll say. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot more time on this one because we have a lot to go through but um i agree linda hamilton's great in this but in this film she's very much the damsel in distress indeed um where i think her her role became so iconic was in judgment day absolutely um she just became one of the most badass female characters but is there anything else you want to say about the terminator i mean it's a stone cold classic right it is and i think that most people have only seen t2 in fact i saw you know t2 when i was a kid that's a shame man it was hard because I, I took me years before i ever watched the first terminator and you have to watch that first one to understand hold on had you not seen the first one when you saw t2 i easily as a kid so i oh, watched okay. t2 okay first and i didn't know what was right oh. they did a decent job of making that film stand alone and how the story was told i didn't understand 80 percent of the storyline as a young kid i just saw action i saw and we'll go into it more but you saw the uh, terminator versus the t-1000 that's what the story is but once i finally watched the first terminator it was it made everything make sense and it gave me a lot more respect for arnold in regards to how much he progressed as an actor Absolutely. in just eight seven or eight years yeah you gotta go back if you haven't seen the terminator franchise you gotta go back and watch terminator and then t2 and then if you really want my honest opinion skip the rest because james cameron is currently producing right now uh, terminator 6 but it's supposed to be a direct sequel after T2. So everything in between doesn't didn't happen. Because those weren't James, Cam James no, Cameron. No, they movies. weren't James Cameron. And while they have certain moments that are okay, uh, Arnie's always a pleasure to see in them. They're a shit show overall as movies. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, good. So we'll move on from the Terminator, but uh, it's fitting to kind of stay on that for a few minutes because, I mean, that really kind of established him. Um, then I remember this. I don't know if you've seen this movie, Red Sonja. Have you seen that? So I watched that movie as a kid. Me too. And I, I need to see watch it again. I thought his character was Conan. Same here. <laughs> and I, I just remember wa just watching that it was movie. Bridget Nelson was the main. She was Red Sonja. I right. loved that movie. An incredible movie. One that me and Trevor both. It's terrible now though. <laughs> oh, I know. I almost don't want to watch it again. But me and Trevor will revel on how much we enjoyed watching that as kids. And it just was a great movie for that time. And it was a step up from Conan. And it was great. I loved yeah. it. Something uh, you should know about me if you don't, Ethan, is I have a major problem. I watch movies over and over and over again. Um, I can appreciate a film for its skill, its performance, and its art. But, you know, like There Will Be Blood, I've seen it once or twice. It's an incredible performance. But 
it really affects me if I can go back to a movie and get the same emotion, the same enjoyment time and time again, like Goodfellas or, or a film like that. That's a huge part for me, which, by the way, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a dozen of those movies for e- me. Easily. One of my worries is always I don't want to wear out the high. So when I watch movies over and over again, I start to see them how the movie is made. I know that some people love to see the process. I want to be a spectator in it. And so when I watch it too many times, I'm trying to chase that same high. And I hate when I can start telling it to yeah, a movie. It happens versus, sometimes. It yeah, does. But Arnold has, an, Arnold has enough that if you space them out over the years, over your life, you can still really get that same feeling when you're 6, 16, or 66 when you first saw it. And you still get the same feeling. Absolutely, man. Okay, good. So... So right following with that, this next one is such a guilty pleasure of mine. I will defend this movie to the end of time, 1985's Commando. It's one of my favorite action movies, and I fucking love Arnold in this film. Absolutely. You really get to see the the Rambo counterpart, you know, in this 100%. film. 100%. And it just... Over, it just does the job of guerrilla warfare, you know, military Arnold Schwarzenegger with massive biceps, just going crazy, mowing down people. Single-handedly taking on like hundreds of people with like a rocket launcher in one arm and M60 in another arm, you know, just pulling like pins out of grenades with his teeth, throwing them left, right, and center. While riding a shark into oh battle, God. you know what I mean? It's just- it's, They should have put a shark in there. It would have worked. I'm telling you, it would have made it even that much better, but you just- And he's this, doing it all to like save his daughter or something. That's right. Yeah. And he's, and he's doing it in a way to where- it, it creates that one-off guy that is able to go in there and destroy and dismantle an entire organizational military structure just from one person. And it gives Hollywood that that in to be able to have stories like that. God, and I, I don't know if Rambo movie. was before or after. Rambo was before. was before. First Blood came out way before that, then Rambo 2. And then this, you're, you're actually totally right. It kind of came out almost to like compete with it. Completely. And they did a great job. It's a fantastic movie. It's so much fun to watch. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing as well about Commando. This is where, I mean, with Terminator, you had I'll Be Back. This is where the Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liners really came into full bloom. Uh, You know, I like you, Sully. That's why I'm going to kill you last. I thought you were going to kill me last. I lied. You know. Just drops him. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's like... uh, stick around, you know, after he pins that guy's head to a wall or let off some steam when he puts the steam pipe into the guy. It's like all these crazy one-liners and he makes them work, man. For all those entrepreneurs and business owners, I'll use an analogy. This was the tipping point, if you would, for the Arnold one-liners in Hollywood. It it really was. And again, uh, this is something we talk about on the podcast a lot. A film that touches you at a certain point in your life And that's why later on, it really resonates with you. So like, for instance, my wife is a lot younger than me and um, not like creepily too young, but you know, we watch a lot of movies together. And one of my greatest joys is watching her watch certain films, you know? So like if she didn't like Top Gun or Labyrinth or Princess's Bride or, you know, different films like that, that are real classics, it really concerns me. And thank God she loves them all. But for instance, like she watched Never Ending Story with me and it it didn't really resonate with her. I I distinctly remember being in a friend's room, locking his door so his parents couldn't get in. And we had a little VHS TV that was fuzzy. And somehow we had gotten a copy of Commando, which was rated 18 in England, which is R-rated here. And we put this movie on. And again, we were 1985. We were like eight years old. And we're watching this film and we just thought we were the most 
badass little boys ever you know and i've loved it ever since i i, I watch this movie probably once every few years and i have to acknowledge the pure cheesiness and I don't care. I love every minute. I think a lot of these stand, we were watching a lot of these Arnold movies when we were escaping from what we we're supposed to be doing, uh, locking absolutely. the door, you know, and doing things. It, it has that guilty pleasure, like you're saying, because it really, you're not supposed to be seeing heads blown up with cheesy, you know, prosthetics at that age, but you are, and you're escaping from what mommy and daddy want you to be watching. Yeah, absolutely. So following off of that, uh, 1986 raw deal. So back in the day, I loved that movie, but it was kind of the same thing. I don't think I've revisited this film in a long time. Have I, you? I think I watched about half of it a decade ago, but but I haven't had a chance to go it's back to It's literally it. just him shooting and blowing up bad guys. Um, again, when I was a kid, I loved it, but I don't really have much more to comment about it. Okay, so the next one, just another stone-cold action and science fiction classic, Predator, 1987. I mean... Pfft. Jesse Ventura's in that as well. I mean, you got... Look at my t-shirt, man. Dylan, you son of a bitch. And then it's just cl <laughs> close up to the biceps, full grip. And that's him and Apollo Creed. That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. And you start seeing the, the 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 bullshit line being used over bullshit, 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 <laughs> bullshit. And you just see you can do a collage of all of his bullshits in that movie, and it's it's perfect. One of my favorite scenes from Predator is, of course, when they get uh, they get some kind of detection that something's out there, and they all of them just completely uselessly oh, use all their ammo the place. Yeah. and. All their ammo's gone, They're and just they just blowing mow it the down. hell out of the trees. What did the trees do? Ridiculous, right? <laughs> That's you, right. I remember that. But that one scene for me just showed how awesome hate guns can be at times when you just are having a good time with them. But like, like really, what testosterone looks like at its best. This is like the Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco for all of you baseball fans out there era to where steroids were at the, the peak of the market. You had dudes holding guns and just mowing down things. And that scene <laughs> epitomizes so that time period. I mean, that film is all male testosterone, 100%. Completely. But it's also a really good slice of science fiction. It really isn't. Here's what's funny about uh, Predator. When I was a kid, that film actually kind of scared me because, uh, I mean, the Predator is... is pretty gnarly i didn't um, watch it until i was in my teens oh yeah so i again my parents just let me watch whatever i want apparently uh, that's why i'm tony the movie guy so you, you can thank them but um i've for some reason it was a while before i saw it again and i've revisited that film maybe two or three times in the last decade and man i enjoy it even more um and, and of course you've got you know get to the chopper get to the chopper <laughs> you know, yeah. they've probably sold a million t-shirts of you know dylan you son of a bitch and get to the chopper just from this movie easily um and again they've made a bunch of sequels predator 2 is a guilty pleasure for me uh with uh danny glover that's right it's it sure actually is a guilty pleasure for me then the other ones they did i don't know but now shane black is doing predator and I, if you know shane black's repertoire Okay, Lethal Weapon, The Last Boy Scout, um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man. He does a lot of action. So he's directing this movie. So I don't know. At first, I was skeptical. The Red Band trailer, they just dropped for it. I saw that. pretty damn fun, man. Who's the, who's the actor from Narcos? That's in yeah, it he's, he's an Australian blonde-haired actor from uh, Narcos, and I hear he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, well, it's funny to see just that one movie. And again, Arnold was the king of like doing a movie. And then all of a sudden, a multiple decade long franchise is born from that one movie. You have Alien versus Predator, Predator. You have these sequels, and 
I can't hardly watch any of those. It just they're they're not that good. But you just see a massive franchise, but a massive following. Yeah, then Terminator MDs. and Predator came from movies he started. Completely. Right. Let me just do a, a, a honorable mention here. Uh, one liner when the Predator takes the mask off and Arnold, you see the Predator's face for the first time, and he so just says, "Ugly, you ugly motherfucker." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Predator's great. It's a, it's a classic. It's so cool. Um, and I don't think any of the other movies have come close to the original. Uh, it, they really haven't. Um, okay, good. This film, I think, is really underrated. I don't know what your take is on it. Uh, 1987, the same year, Running Man. Great movie. I think it's also underrated. I don't remember much of it. It's one that I'd love to revisit, but has since gotten a bit of a cult following with some people, at least from those that are Arnold fans as well. I'll let you take it away for you from this one. Well, it's based on a Philip K. Dick uh, novel, who's the guy who did Blade Runner. Um, and, and later to Total Recall was a short story right. of Philip K. Dick. That's right. You got it. And again, this is where I talk about, this is how much Arnold Schwarzenegger was a part of my life. I distinctly remember three of my friends sneaking into the back of a theater to watch Running Man because it was rated 18. So just so you know, the laws are very different in England than they are in America on watching a film. In America, if you go with your parent, you can go watch anything pretty much. I think other than maybe NC-17. But nothing's rated NC-17. Right. Yeah. Barely anything. In England, it's hard to get into a 15 or 18 rated movie. If you're you're a kid underage, even with a parent or a legal guardian, even with a parent or a legal guardian, it's really hard to do that. So I snuck into a few theaters in my time when I was a kid, and I remember sneaking into the theater to watch Running Man because that's when we were all on our you know Commando and Terminator High, and all my buddies. We just we loved him. He was just incredible. Um, I really think uh, Running Man needs a bigger audience um it was actually quite a big hit when it came out i think it's a really smart slice of science fiction it's quite relevant to today um it, it's just a super fun movie uh it's got so many great arnie one-liners as well i've forgotten them off the top of my head um but i recommend people watch that again i definitely need to revisit that one. Oh, he had to split after he cuts a guy in half. I remember that. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had to split. It's ridiculous. I mean, he just has so many ridiculous things like that. Oh, and by the way, this film is so ridiculously over the top gory. I think Jesse Ventura is in this as well. No kidding. Yeah, I actually think he is. Because it's set in a dystopian future where gladiators like fight to the death in a TV uh, program that gets aired to the whole world. That's right. Yeah, and he competes to basically... He gets set up and he gets put in the show and he has to compete to basically kill others to to survive what's the one line i'm gonna stick my hand so far up your ass i'll rip out your spine or something like that something there's like something that. Like, oh, i good. mean he has a million it's yeah. ridiculous okay good red heat 1988 so this is a film i don't remember so much as a kid it i what i remember is it's with jim belushi and arnie is a russian cop jim belushi is a wisecracking american cop and they pair up and i always remember this big battle sequence um in the uh, in the Russian sauna, and it's just Arnie like butt naked fighting all these guys in the bathhouse. Huh? Yeah, something like that. But it you know it's not one of his most memorable films to me. Do you remember this? I film? can't say I do. That's okay. We'll move on because we got plenty of good ones to go through. Okay, this is one of my biggest guilty pleasures of all time. I own this movie. I just watched it again. Like actually, I watched it twice this year already, and I got my wife into it, and she loved it. It made me so happy. Twins. 
1988. Him and Danny DeVito. It's Fucking, a classic. Do you remember it's a the classic. tagline? Only their mother can tell them apart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I watched this film. Uh, this is making me so happy, Ethan, because I remember distinctly. I watched this film in Africa with my dad. Wow. I just remember seeing, it was so strange to me seeing Danny DeVito, who is one of the short, he's so small and an short. inch away from being a midget right and he's this is when he's in the peak of his career and yeah. you see these two completely different statures and structures of man across from each other in a comedy now arnold is now starting to break into his comedic side at this point right. and that's where it gets fun because that's where you can really see again if you watch pumping iron you see this charming comedic side of arnold that starts to now work to his advantage as you go into twins and other uh, later films where he's in more of a comedic role. Yeah. Well, this is the comedic role of his that A, really works for me. And also, by now, Arnold Schwarzenegger is just a star. He's a huge star. This film is so silly, but so fun. It was a huge hit. You know, they've been talking about doing a sequel for 20 years with Eddie Murphy as their long lost brother. And it's supposed to be called triplets. And I'm sorry, I would be that first would, in line to watch that. Same man. here. I would get the pre, oh. I would, I would get that advanced, uh, you know, my advanced tickets for that one. I just remember in twins, the one image that sticks out to me since I saw it as a, you know, when I was a kid, it was, was the whole blazer flip over the oh, shoulder. Yeah, both with them. their suit jackets. Yeah, Danny just kind of walking, yeah. Teaching them how to be cool and stuff. It's so cool. It's great. Love that. Yeah, so the premise of uh, Twins is the scientists are, uh, trying to create the perfect human being. And Danny DeVito is the leftover sperm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really crude. Um, and, you know, he Arnie goes and finds his, his brother and... Um, Obviously, they they bond and then they discover their mother and so on. I remember Kelly Preston in this movie. Holy shit, she was so dang hot. Stunning. Um, it, it's just a really fun movie that I highly recommend people go back to because it surprisingly holds up. It was also right in the era of Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger being like, the guys for action movies they were the guys yeah so there's a scene when arnold schwarzenegger because he's been on an island most of his life so he rows a boat single-handedly off the island to like new york or something and then he's walking down the street and he walks past a poster of sylvester stallone in rambo 2 and he just shrugs it off and laughs and walks on i love that they like poke at each other in some of those movies and little the easter eggs that yeah. are perfect one <laughs> one thing i love doing with anything like this movie especially with danny devito just play it out into the story of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And you look oh, at Danny right, DeVito, Danny who's DeVito's just, on that show. just yeah. a complete degenerate, right? And I go, you look at the plot of Twins, and if Danny DeVito is the bottom of He's literally of the, that guy. He's that guy, <laughs> and that's how his life has turned out, which is a completely degraded version of what I guess he is because he was the leftover sperm that didn't quite make it. And that's do you what he still kind of watch becomes. that show? Always I do sunny. on occasion. It's it, uh, I watch the first three or four seasons. It's so crude, man. It's just unbelievable what they'll, what they'll put on TV. What they allow, it's hilarious, yeah. I loved it, but it, some episodes got so uncomfortable. I was like, okay. Completely. I just remember the one, I forgot what an episode it was, but we're, for whatever reason, Danny DeVito is in a couch and he's hiding <laughs> for something and he and he finally goes, I can't do it anymore. And he comes out of the couch sofa at a, like a, uh, an upscale party and he's just sweaty, gross, disgusting, troll Danny DeVito, like <laughs> Penguin-esque, you know, from the Batman movies, just walking out, causing a scene. You gotta love him. All right, good. So let's move on. So at this point, if you look at this run, from like night like 1980 through to like the the early 90s you're going to see probably he had about a 14 year run of just hits 
and classics. Nonstop. It's actually incredible. So then 1990, Total Recall. As you said, based on Philip K. Dick's uh, novel, this film's so good, man. I can watch it over and over again. I'll I'll share some funny. The only recall I had as a kid of this movie, so I must have been 1990, so I was four years old. For many years. Jesus, I'm older than you, you man. You are. <laughs> I'm still a kid. I only remember the very first scene in the theater. For whatever reason, my dad brought me to that movie with Trevor. Trevor was all about, Trevor's about, you know, six, seven years older than I That's was. Your so he's younger brother? Yeah. But Trevor, no, Trevor's my older brother. Oh, so he's, he's your older brother. Yeah, so he's probably 10 at this point. I'm four. Now, still taking a 10-year-old to go see Total Recall, I have no idea what my dad was thinking. But I'm in there. I'm four years old. We had great parents, man. We, yeah, we sure did. And I'm four years old in this movie theater. I just remember the very first scene when Arnold's character is having his dream sequence, and he falls off one of the cliffs with his you know, wife on Mars, and then the bug-eyed you know, just That's full thing happened. That's what always resonated with me as a kid where, when they're running out of oxygen on Mars yeah. and their eyes are bulging out. It was so weird. I just remember seeing that, being terrified, crying to my dad's shoulder, him going, oh, come on, son, it's fine. I'm four years old. Man I'm four up. years old. I think I blacked out the rest of the movie because oh, I couldn't wow. I have no recall of anything else, but it was that scene. And then I didn't only until recently finally watched the entire movie and I watched it two or three times. And are you I just, kidding me? I just, I, I wouldn't go back to it. And I finally did, and I went. I love this movie by far. One of my favorite movies. It's brilliant. And it was it was for its time. Just again, such a unique style of film. The the triple boob prostitute right. stands out. You Absolutely. know, uh, Sharon Stone, man, she's oh, so good in this. Gorgeous, perfect. I love the one liner when he finally she goes, "Oh baby, you wouldn't kill me. You wouldn't hurt me, would you?" Gets the gun out, shoots her in the head. Consider that a divorce. That's you right. Know, just, yeah. Just one after the other, but also a great movie of twists and turns from a scientific standpoint and a, of, a sci-fi. sci-fi it's like movie. a yeah. great slice of sci-fi it's beautiful and it's it's just a fun one to watch too because you got oh, of course see you at the potty richter you know yeah. and, you just, and all of a sudden the elevator goes down and the arms rip off oh my and god just yeah tosses them around it's just it's so gory because you know it's paul verhoven he did robocop he did uh starship troopers he did basic instinct so he does all this like raunchy like hardcore violent stuff but it works so well so here's the question is the movie his entire dream sequence? Does he wake up once he spazzes out in the beginning and that is the beginning of the dream sequence? Or is it two alternate realities? Or is it exactly as it's played? I think it's a it's an argument one can make uh, until the end of time. I've heard people have had that discussion. There are certain films like Inception that are so thought-provoking and serious that you really can get into that debate. I'm sorry, Total Recall is too much fun for me. It's just such ridiculous entertainment that I don't need to like dissect it. I tried to, I, 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 but again, I, I just had to go back to the shots. Well, what do you the think? Well, I think it's interesting that again, for those that know this much more than I do, I've, I've taken a very, the film's just, been out for 28 yeah, years. So someone could probably school me on this very easily, but the idea is that the, when he is going into recall, right. And, and then he wakes up and he, everyone's freaking out and he starts to, you know, try to punch everybody. And he's just spazzing that that is the beginning of him in his actual dream sequence that he went in for. Right, and I've heard The entire movie is that. And so there's a few things in the film that go along with it, but then there's, there's some plot holes to that as well. There's the obvious thing of any uh, scene with Arnold off screen couldn't be part of a dream sequence, or right. else he would know his entire story within his dream, then it would, uh, it yeah. goes that whole theory goes uh, kaput. But I think it's fun to think with, to, to play sure. around a little bit, because it's one of those movies that... 
it just has so many great points and the story itself i can only imagine is incredible well if someone has a theory message ethan dangberg Happen. <laughs> let's see if you get a bunch all right um let's move on from that but total recall it, it's fantastic and again i already now he's got like four or five actual classics under his belt um okay. by the way any uh your take on the remake with colin oh okay i was going to mention that uh so colin farrell did a, a remake len wiseman directed it kate beckinsaw uh, that is an enjoyable film but it was a totally pointless remake no one was asking for it and even with all those cool special effects and action sequences because there actually are some pretty cool ones i did i'm ashamed to say watch it in the theater um it's pointless because it could never match or even come close to the original do you agree i couldn't agree more it again it, i'm a colin farrell fan i like his movies but it seemed like just a, it was a remake to make a remake it was just no point to it it wasn't a bad movie yeah, it, yeah. It just it got low ratings on on on. It was it was not critically appreciated very much, which I could agree with. And it was, it was a good action movie to watch, but it, it again takes away a little bit from what Total Recall was and is. All right, man. Well, look, uh, this is so much fun. We've got a lot to cover, so I'm going to try and rock and roll through the uh, the rest. And we've still got a couple of really good ones. And then, unfortunately, you'll see kind of from the 2000s, it kind of becomes a bit of a barren desert. Um, but he's still the king, man, right now. Um, 1990, Kindergarten Cop. It's not a tumor. Yeah, it's not a tumor. Um, here's the thing about this film, because I watched it again um, a couple months ago. And I, this is a film I haven't seen as many times as some of the others. I've seen it about three times. It's a very sweet film, his chemistry with the kids. But the villain in this movie is fucking scary. He is very scary. It's it's that predatory nature that you see in that villain, which just gets so weird. And it the, makes me slither just thinking well, about the him. The first opening scene of the film is like he cons this junkie and kills him and right. this is like a, a family-friendly kid movie it's interesting then you see kind of this very strange demeanor the villain has towards his son which is never comfortable because weird, you don't know yeah. what it's it's a very again predatory nature style of villain which just makes my skin crawl which is the beauty of how they put that film together and yeah. then you know this is where arnold now is kind of know, a comedic performance yeah and then well. you're and you're seeing this connection to this kid and i'm i hate to say it and i just well, i don't hate to say it because i'm an arnold fan but now i'm starting to go I'm getting a little teary-eyed just thinking mm -hmm. of this connection to this boy that he has and and now you're starting to get the drama role as one-dimensional as arnold is but you get a little bit of that drama in there too of of getting that emotional side kicking in from this movie but so many great one-liners him in the the this first day when you finally just goes shut up yeah <laughs> shut up shut up and it just it's hilarious and you see that no matter how much muscles you have no matter how strong you are how much of a badass you are when it comes to raising kids it's a completely different ball game yeah and this also shows arnold schwarzenegger taking a ridiculous premise and making a really entertaining movie um, I, I enjoy this film. I don't really have a lot more to say about it. It's, it's a, I'll, I'll tell you, it's one of those fun films. Completely. It's one of those movies that if you had Trevor on the podcast, he could give you probably about 10 or 15 one-liners. He's probably seen it over 20 times. He loves it's, it. Huh? It's a Dingberg classic in our household, and we love referencing it. In fact, a little sidebar, if you go on YouTube, it's hilarious. You'll see these uh, crank caller channels, right, doing prank calls, and they soundboard all of his one-liners from all of his movies, and a lot of them come from Kindergarten Cop. Oh, really? And it's, uh, you, know, you call random people, hey, man, who's calling? Detective John Kimball. 
you know, and they just <laughs> they let the, st- the the storyboard one-liners just go, and they have an entire conversation of crank calling people just with Arnold's one-liners. It's magnificently hilarious. That's fantastic. Have his kids seen the film then? Travis? I don't. I don't know if his kids have seen it. I I can't. I, I'd imagine that at some point he will introduce them Soon. to it. But if uh, if he does it right, he will start them right now at the ripe age of four and seven. Yeah, maybe wait a little <laughs> bit for like Terminator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so to me, this is the the, the climax of them all. Um, he, he's made so many amazing films. By now, Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is such a charismatic star. And again, it's so funny when you think about it. He's this guy from Austria with this thick accent, this big bodybuilder guy, who now is just one of the most beloved movie stars and action stars internationally. And James Cameron comes back and directs the sequel for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And what a genius idea to cast Arnold Schwarzenegger this time as the Terminator, but programmed so he's the good guy to protect John Connor. It's perfect. That one scene when you don't... I tried to walk into this last night when I watched it again. You saw it last night? I had to watch it again. I watch this movie every year. It's in my top 10. It is so good. And you can... Well, I'll... So many things. We could do a whole podcast just on this movie. I'm sure. But when you look at the, it's seven years later, eight years later from the first Terminator, and you see just how movie making has changed so much. Well, James Cameron waited to improve technology so he could do Robert Patrick, who was cast as a T-1000 with the molten metal and all those special effects which still hold up man they're so cool to think what they were doing this is 1991 tony yeah and to see the cgi they were doing with the t-1000 just it still holds up but i would imagine and you probably know better than i do that it paved the way for cgi like oh 100 oh it was groundbreaking technology wise but this film to me is like a a perfect movie it's one of the best action movies of all time it's one of the best uh you know uh science fiction movies the the sci-fi is incredible the characters are incredible i mean arnold schwarzenegger is, is perfect he is perfect edward furlan it's so frustrating that that guy that the actor has had has had trouble with drugs so his career's kind of gone to hell he was such a great john connor this is where to me linda hamilton just became such a badass as sarah connor i mean that it's one of the most badass female characters ever ever portrayed to screen. I couldn't agree more. There's the one scene, Dyson, the potential future yeah. founder of the technology, where she realizes if I get to him, then this whole thing we can she eliminate. Can stop judgment. Can stop day. it. That scene where you see the what are those motorized little trucks, toy trucks? You know, yeah. we're having those as kids, and you see the son of Dyson, you know, driving around the house, you know, and. It's his family home, and he's just sitting there on his computer getting work done. And then all of a sudden, the red dot on the back of his head. and Because she's trying to kill this guy who creates the technology that brings Judgment Day about. So she thinks that will stop it. But basically, she's going to murder this innocent guy because he hasn't done anything wrong yet. Right. And it's... I watched it last night, and I think I've watched this movie I love that you did that. That's awesome. Uh, And it just... I had a hard time i was watching my wife came in and she goes oh is this going to be like a really crazy movie and i said it's t2 babe of course it is i said this is a very it was right as that scene was starting I she said, liked this movie she doesn't do, she I loves know. her gilmore girls my and wife her, isn't and, a fan either yeah it upsets me but i she's walking in and i go this is going to be a really intense scene so you probably want to walk out because it's the scene where you see the full spectrum of linda hamilton going from 
cold-blooded killer to total rage where she has the gun in his face and she says it's fucking because of you it's because of you and he and then to see i don't know the actor's name who plays dyson uh top of my head but he the acting is perfect he's not only terrified but he's in complete mystery as to what this is for and then he realizes this woman is completely nuts and i'm gonna die and you see him start to cry and his wife's on the floor with this kid and his getting choked up just talking about it man jeez <laughs> it's incredible but his kid goes over his daddy and dad and says don't hurt my daddy and she says get out of the way get the fuck out of the way and he says don't hurt my daddy and you just go that by itself yeah. shows and then she breaks down and she like, and she breaks yeah. down so then the scene goes on and then john connor arrives and, and you yeah. have that embrace and you go there is so much happening in that scene yeah. emotionally and then of course right after that's done uh when you know uh john connor takes the son to his room and he says, show him. And that's when the arm that's comes right, off. Yeah. And you see that the acting is just perfect. You see the terror in Dyson and his wife's voice and face and just complete, are you, they're actually doing this. And it rips the off. The performances the are fantastic. They really are. I mean, Linda Hamilton is, is phenomenal. And Dyson, I don't know the name of that actor. He is great. And then at the end, spoilers, when he dies and, you know, he's got the grenade or the bombs and he's kind of like, <gasps> The way he's breathing, because as soon as he stops breathing, I think then it will detonate. I think he's holding the detonator in his hand, and there's a lever or something, and then he says, I don't know how much longer I can hold this for. And he's he's been shot seven times. That's right, and he's like... <laughs> like are those sounds were so like jarring to me. If you watch that scene again, little little fun fact, the SWAT team guy that has the gun to Dyson's head is who's the guy from Breaking Bad? Uh Wal- Brian Cranston? No, no. Walter White's uh, brother-in-law. Hank, right? Oh, yeah. That's, I know that guy. That's the actor Hank. That's right. Got, it is. He's got his one moment right there. And then, of course, after they leave and they realize what's happening in the SWAT team, then, of course, he dies. And then the hand, uh, the blows lever up. blows the whole thing up. But yeah, anyways, Linda, Linda Hamilton, again, I know we're on an Arnie, pod, uh, Arnie podcast today, but her performance in that movie, second to none, another fun fact, too, uh, twin sister, Leslie Hamilton played in many of the different scenes i didn't know in that, that movie so you have the dream sequence she has with armageddon happening where she sees herself with a young john connor that's in the her playground. twin sister that's her twin sister are you shitting me i'm not shitting I didn't you know that yeah in also in the when the t-1000 molds into her in one of the last fighting sequences in the steel that's factory sister. that's her twin sister wow and by the way that's what gets me pumped about uh, the new terminator movie linda hamilton is coming back as sarah connor so perfect james cameron is producing it arnold schwarzenegger is back i mean there's a pretty good formula there um yeah the performances are great robert patrick is perfect as a t-1000 again he's not this huge big imposing character like arnold was but because of the molten effects and stuff. And the stealth. Just, yeah, and the stealth and how fast and precise he is. He's like so commanding and deadly. And then to me, what really cements this movie, uh, on top of all the amazing action and everything, is the chemistry between John Connor and Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, I mean, that's where Hasta La Vista, baby, came from, you know. Um, and their chemistry it is so endearing. I am a baby every time 
this film ends. The thumbs up as Arnold Schwarzenegger self-terminates. And John Connor's like, no, no, I order you not to go. And he's like, I have to do it, John. Oh, and he says to him, I now know why you cry. It is something I can never do. You know, oh, and then when Arnold like lowers himself into the molten lava and he self-terminates and he puts, gives him, gives John Connor the thumbs up. I am a wreck every time. And I've seen this movie a hundred times. How did you feel watching it last night? (laughs) The exact same feeling. Actually, little point. So he mentions he cannot self-terminate. So it has to be Sarah Connor that brings him down while he holds the chain going down. He can't do it himself. But yeah, the thumbs up at the very end was it. It, again, we all know that it's an iconic image in that movie, but it 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 hits it because he's a fatherless boy. He's a rebel, and this is his father in a way. And oh, yeah, he becomes a father figure, and, and you believe it. It's beautiful. That's what I'm saying. Like, their moments and scenes together are, you know, like, remember when he's teaching him how to high-five and all this different stuff, and he realized when John Connor, because he's a little brat, you know, he realizes that he'll do anything he says, and he makes him beat the shit out of those two guys. It's like, no, don't kill anyone. So then the ter- Arnie doesn't kill anyone. He shoots all those SWAT guys in the, in the leg. leg. Yeah, right. in the leg. Uh, it's just, I-, I love it. And again, going back to Linda, Linda Hamilton because I'm telling you it's I to me it's her most iconic role and it's also where one of the most uh, greatest lines come from that scene in Terminator 2 uh, when they're breaking her out of the asylum and then she sees the Terminator again and the how she freaks out I just got goosebumps right because she thinks it's the him from the first one and then he says come with me if you want to live which you know is what Michael Bean, Kyle Reese says in the first Terminator. Right. Of course I knew that, Ethan. <laughs> I was trying to get that one in, but you got that one. It's a great throwback. But when she's looking at him in pure terror, I mean, her range her, right, is unbelievable. Her performance in, yeah. in that is like just the utter like shock and horror. Yeah, it, it's great. Um, we don't have a lot more time, which is a bummer because I could talk about T2 for another hour. Uh, I fucking adore this movie. I, I'm nervous for the next one. I hope it's good. Same here. And when we look at the future of the Terminator saga, I'm glad that James Cameron is back in the seat. Yeah. Okay, good. So I'm going to roll through some of the next ones. Unfortunately, you're going to see um, Last Action Hero 1993 was a huge box office bomb. After Terminator 2, they made this high concept movie uh, with Arnie and they thought it would be a sure thing and it was a total bomb. Um, I'm not a fan of this movie. I know people do like it. Are you a fan? I remember seeing it as a kid, and it was a great PG-13, PG movie for someone my age at this point in time to enjoy. It was fun to see the story break the fourth wall. Yeah, it's about a kid who goes into a movie. Into a movie, gets, yeah. the golden, gets this golden ticket, if you would, right. uh, and goes in, and Arnold kind of plays himself. Right. And all these different like movie sequences. Yeah. yeah, and it's... I don't remember much from it. I just remember really enjoying it. Uh, another one that my, my Trevor just loves, right? And it's a really? day for, it, it's a it's one we could recount. God bless Trevor. God bless Trevor. Um, but it's a it's a fun one. I think it's an enjoyable movie. Um, looking back on it, if you know what you're going to walk into, if you know it's not a great movie, but and you want to, uh, if you did watch it as a kid, it's fun to rewatch it and to kind of get those feels again from when you saw it originally. Yeah. So this shocked me a bit when I was putting this list together because to me, and this is in my opinion, his last great great movie true lies 1994 that's 24 years ago i'm terrible at math Is him, that right? yeah, yeah something like that him tom arnold 
Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, it's hilarious. Bill Paxton. Bill, Bill Paxton. As the sleazy uh, car salesman. That's right. Oh, if I may make an honorable mention of from course. the first Terminator, Bill Paxton's got his right. role there as a quick cameo as a punk rocker guy who tries to take on Arnold. Doesn't last very long. Well, you know he has the trifecta, right, Bill Paxton? Do you know what that is? The Tell trifecta? Me. So Bill Paxton is the only actor who's in Terminator, Predator, an alien franchise. That's he's right. in Aliens. Game over, man. Game over. That's he's right. in Predator 2. He's got a main role. He's one of like the, the police force guys. And he's the punk in Terminator. Isn't that some? Yeah, that's, that's crazy, hilarious. huh? Um, I mean, do you like True Lies? This film is so fun. It's a fun movie because it's comedic. It has twists and turns. It's your it's your quintessential spy movie. Yeah, he's a spy. Um, but he's un- like his wife, Jamie Lee Curtis, doesn't know about it and thinks he's just a boring guy. To me, she actually steals the entire movie. Well, and especially she's so with, damn with, sexy in this film. With <laughs> that striptease dance she does that uh, will lay in my mind for yeah. activities we it's very discussed here. very actually, but I, I'm sorry. I still enjoy it. <laughs> I absolutely 100% enjoy it. And I will say that unabashedly. Yeah. Um, but it, you're right. It's a super fun movie. I enjoy it. And it's so ridiculous the way he's like, you know, running across like the building with a horse and then he jumps across the building with a horse and like the, the, the guy on the freaking, you know, the terrorist on the rocket launcher yeah. and all this you're crazy fired. stuff. You know, you'll fire it right as a guy yeah. like, gets fired. You're off, fired. On, holding onto a missile into a yeah. helicopter. It's out of control. But oh my hilarious. God. And I always remember that scene when the terrorists are recording like a terrorist message. That's right. But it run out, it, the video runs out yeah, of film. battery and they don't right. tell the main bad guy because they're too like scared to tell him. So they're just like, uh-huh, still recording. <laughs> the best. Again, this is this is your what mid-90s or still, or yeah, what year are we like at? 94. Yeah, so your mid 90s action comedy with Arnold at his peak, still a great movie. And I think he plays with Tom Arnold, plays off him oh, very this well. Is Tom Arnold's like only great role. Yeah. But he's so funny and good in this, actually. So good. I'm not a fan of Tom Arnold. I really I really do enjoy him in true life. Same here. Um, okay, so again, um, because we've only got about 10 minutes left, I want to wrap up and we have quite a bit, but. This is kind of his ride to glory, um, like 1982 through to like 1994. Uh, I think it's safe to say he just ruled the box office and this was where he was a star. I don't know what happened after this. Um, I'm going to go through these. You can comment on them. I don't want to spend a lot of time on them. There's a few I think we'll find we enjoy. So he did Junior, 1994. All I, I remember not that. not a fan of that. I just have my memory of Arnold and Drag and not a fan. Yeah, so it's Arnold getting pregnant. Uh, It's a weird movie. Emma Thompson, Danny DeVito, not a fan. Eraser, 1996. That's a fun action movie, but it's on the kind of forgettable level for me. What about for you? Him and Vanessa Williams, uh, it is... She's hot. (laughs) Gorgeous. There's one line, I remember I saw this in the theaters as well with my, my dad, and there's one, it's the only one movie you'll see with Arnold fighting off an alligator. Oh, and in God, New York theater, in yeah, it's oh, in there. Oh, that's right. And he shoots the alligator and, of course, looks at it and says, huh, your luggage. You know, and you just go, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, but, my again, God. it's a, it's a forgettable action, and I still enjoy it to a degree, but not one that makes my top list. So now, for some reason, yeah, they get a bit cringeworthy or they get a bit forgettable for some reason. And also, most of these films weren't hits, whereas all the other ones, even Twins and the films that weren't so big, these films made like 100, 200, 300 million dollars. Um, okay, Jingle All the Way, 1996. I can see from your smile it's probably a Dangberg classic. I can't stand this movie. I'm sorry. Isn't that with Sinbad as well? Sinbad is the villain. Do there you are, like this? 
I just I smile because oh, I remember God. seeing it as a kid and just loving it. This is pre Amazon, pre eBay, trying to find a toy. Okay, that... I just yeah, I just realized something. So now I'm a, a teen. Now I'm like 17, 18. So that's probably why you're, you know, you're probably eight, nine, and it resonates with you a lot more. I must have been about maybe 10 or 11 years old. And, you know, you're into like action toys and that kind of stuff and Arnold. And this is at that age, a movie that's acceptable to watch and made for you, meaning me, at that age to watch. He's trying to find a toy for Christmas for his son. For his son. And it just, the, we could go all day. I could go all day long on this, but it's just, you know. No, please don't. (laughs) But Phil Hartman. A notable mention, the late Phil Hartman's in that movie as the creepy neighbor to his wife. That's right. And Arnold's on the payphone where right. Phil Hartman is making cookies with his wife. And he says, put down the cookie. Right? And that's oh another uh, put uh, down quote, the cookie. Put down. Another quotable moment from Arnold. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm going to move on. Let's do it. And then it just gets worse. 1997, Batman and Robin. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Mr. Freeze. <laughs> ice to meet you. You know, I, to me, this is one of the worst roles and one of the worst films ever made of all time i mean unfortunately it's one of those films actually no it's not even one of those films that's so bad it's good it's just bad it's bad all around wasn't it um who made george this? clooney oh it's joel schumacher joel schumacher that's right well he did a series of them he tried to do the campy thing but this is george clooney and his bat nipples chris o'donnell as robin and alicia silverstone as batgirl uh, it, the film is just awful Hey everybody, chill. You know, know. it just oh, goes on. So this bad. is probably where they tried to bank on the one-liner action of Arnold before, yeah. and it just was so caricatured. It, it was terrible. I don't. I feel bad for Clooney, but also at the same time, I don't feel bad for him no. because he did take the role. And it was a mistake. Yeah, Big this time. film is is horrible. Um, okay, I'm going to move on from that. He took a break for a couple years, then he came back in 1999, and I remember it was like supposed to be a bit of a comeback with End of Days, which actually isn't a bad movie. Decent Gab- movie. Yeah, Gabrielle Byrne plays the devil, and he really has a good time with that kind of delicious role. Um, and I can't remember the girl. Oh, Robin Tunney. She That's was right. from Empire Records. And, I mean, he's pretty good in it. Um, I remember enjoying it when it came out. But, again, he, he made films that were just kind of forgettable. It's not, it hasn't stood the test of time for me. How about you? I think that at this point in time, this, the branding of Arnold ha- is starting to wear itself out. Right. And everyone's trying to get any last dollar they can from it. Yeah. And it's just running short. You know what I realized? Around the same time, the same thing is happening with Sylvester Stallone. That's right. And Bruce Willis. But he had a bit of a comeback with The Sixth Sense. That's right. Because Sylvester Stallone had cliffhanger and then i remember he did like daylight which was a huge bomb and then i mean sylvester stallone was even worse in the 2000s everything was going straight to dvd straight, straight to DVD. yeah home video and you had later on i'm sure we'll get into it but a lot of straight to dvd arnold movies too did you oh well, we'll, we'll go through sure them later maybe there are a few actually okay so then he did in 2000 the sixth day another science fiction movie have you seen that i never saw it it's not good um they clone him um, oh, that one. Yeah, I did see Tony that. Goldwyn. Not a fan. It's not a good movie. 2002. Uh, I'm just skipping right past that one. They did Collateral Damage, which isn't terrible. It's a big shoot 'em up movie. It's not great. Um, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, 2003, which is quite um, famous because that's around the same time that he went into politics, but they brought him back for the movie. Um, I'm not a big fan of Terminator 3, but I do like Arnie in it. So here's a bit of a confession. I've intentionally 
never watched anything past T2. Really? I mean, I you're smart, watch, man. I didn't watch Salvation. I, I was excited for T3 when it came out, but then I heard one friend said it was terrible, and I went, I don't want T2 and everything I've seen so far to be ruined. So Terminator Salvation uh, and Genesis that came out, I you know, and the Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show, I've right. just stayed away from it. But I'm willing to go into it if I need to in order to... to uh, I'm a nerd, so I've seen them all. Um, I've actually seen Terminator 3 a few times because Arnold is quite entertaining in it because, again, he's the good guy. He's the protector. Um, And they have a female uh, Terminator who's the baddie. And Claire Danes is pretty good in it. I don't really like Nick Stahl, who's cast as John Connor. Um, This is where the actual nuclear uh, proliferation happens, correct? Right. So the end of this film was quite ballsy and actually took me by surprise. And I did like that because... The premise of Terminator 3 is that they don't avoid Judgment Day. It does happen. There's no way they can, but it brings him together, John Connor, so he can rule the humans and help them. Um, The problem is the sequels after that just kind of went to shit. Um, But anyway, uh, that's Terminator 3. So now Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes the governor of Los Angeles. The governor. Yeah, and he's known as the governator. Unbelievable. There were t-shirts everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I think he replaced uh, or you know moved uh, beyond. Gray Davis was the governor before, and then Arnold came in. And my, I know we're we're tight on time, but my mom's worked for the state of California for her entire career, and she would tell me the stories of because she worked for a state department in California when he was the governor, and it was just I love that <laughs> it was just almost surreal. It was that yeah. it was actually happening. But you know, and again, look, I don't really get into politics. I hear mixed things, but overall, as far as I know, he did a lot of good for Los Angeles. But whether that's true or not, the fact that, as you said, he he mastered, you know, uh, bodybuilding. He mastered acting. He mastered politics. It's pretty crazy. Unbelievable. It's pretty nuts. And I mean, and he had a good run. I mean, he he was the governor for some years. Two terms. Yeah, two terms. We must have done something right. And it's just so funny to think of that, you know. And also of Los Angeles, you know, Hollywood. Completely. And he ran as a Republican. I mean, he it's probably was nuts. somewhat balanced his wife, Maria Shriver, as a Democrat. So who knows you know, how his you know political thinking really works, but quite a feat, whether you're a fan of him or not. Yeah. So over the next decade, he's not really doing anything in, in film, obviously, because he's in politics. He does some cameos here and there, you know, and bad ones at that. Um, where he really came back was in like 2011 with The Expendables. Oh, that's and right. he had a cameo with Sylvester Stallone and Bruce Willis where they have a church scene meetup. Um, and I mean, I don't know how you felt about The Expendables, especially the first one for me. I, I mean, that was like an action nerd's wet dream for me. That's what it was for me too. It was just seeing these classic action stars coming back together to put another action sequence movie. It reminds me of when professional players who are well past their prime go join the Lakers or they right. go join a team, the Yankees to go get a ring, even though they are kind of well past their, their time of their peak of their performance, but they want to still be in the spotlight. They still want to do their, their be part of their passion. And you know, they, these guys wanted to make another action flick together and that's what they did. Yeah. They're all in their sixties, you know, but I mean, it was incredible. I mean, Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren, and then you had Jason Statham as well. Sylvester Stallone, of course. Um, 
it, you know, it was so fun. So he just had a little cameo in the first one. Oh, and then John claude Van Damme I came back That's for right. one of them. Chuck Norris, who kind of just kind of flies in and has his moment. Yeah, saves the day and leaves. You know, because he's like seventy, I think. It's ridiculous. Um, but in the Expendables two in two thousand and twelve, he had a bigger, more expanded role. And then two thousand and thirteen was his return to Hollywood officially. And he did a film called The Last Stand. Have you seen it? I did not see that. You are in for a motherfucking treat. Really? I do not know why this film was not a big hit. I love it. Really? I fucking love The Last Stand. I wrote off everything past politics. I just wrote it off and didn't invest any more into it because I just wanted to relive back my childhood years. So this is something I have to do. You have to. And I'm actually, I'm excited for you. Um, he has not made a lot of great films since 94, as we just went over, after True Lies. Um, the Last Stand is an unabashedly daft and fun action movie. Really? With him and Johnny Knoxville. Um, he, he's like a sheriff. And there's like these criminals trying to cross the border and he has to stop them and him and all these village guys come together and it's just pure fun. It shouldn't be, but it's so fun. I remember when that came out and I wanted to see it and I never did. That's yeah. actually, I'm, I'm excited to go watch it now. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. Like to me, I... I don't know. I've seen it like three times. You know, look, it's not as classic as like Terminator, but it's just really fun. So I highly recommend The Last Stand. Um, then he did The Escape Plan with Sylvester Stallone. You've seen that, right? Oh, no, I have not seen that one. I what? Needed, no, I need to watch Ethan, that. I'm okay. thinking of a different movie. Get, uh, okay. Preach. So, preach, Tony. Preach. Yeah, well, here's the deal. You're right. Trust me. Uh, after politics, he hasn't come back in the same way at all. And come on. I still love him to death. The, the guy's 70, you know, but um, the last stand, absolutely. An escape plan isn't as good, but uh, Sylvester Stallone is this like prison specialist who does like security systems and stuff. And he gets like double crossed and he gets put in this maximum prison and he meets up with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's like an inmate there. And together they plot to escape. And it's a fun, dumb film. The Last Stand is way better to me. But Escape Plan, A, it's fun to see them together. And it's entertaining. And that film did pretty well, especially internationally. Because internationally, a lot of people still like Arnie and Sly. It's interesting. When it came out, I remember the trailer coming out and seeing it's another breakout of prison movie. And I went, the same plot again. Yeah. I'm not going to waste my time. But it sounds like it's going to be another good one to watch just to enjoy some good action with both of them together. Check out those two, but check out The Last Stand first. I, I mean, I, now I'm really curious because I don't know why I, that film I really like. Um, okay, then 2014, he did Sabotage, which is a mess. Have you seen that? I did see that. And it the is. guy who directed that is a great director who did like End of Watch um, and uh, Fury and uh, some really good movies, but man, I did not like that movie. So it's very, it's gritty to be gritty. And yeah, it just over gets the top, over ridiculous. the top. And it's, I mean, it's, it will make your stomach turn with just how much blood and yeah. ridiculousness that it gets into. And these high strung, uh, what, who are they? They're mil military. They're semi-military yeah, like contracted SEAL kind of mercenaries. Yeah. They're mercenaries. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. And it just, it gets very, it's just, it's a mess. It is. It's a mess. It I'm is. not going to waste more time on that. Uh, the expendables three came out in 2014. It's fun. It's dumb. Uh, I like the first one. The, the sequels are meh. You know, I just like seeing all these crazy action stars together. 
Um, okay, then he did in 2014-15 a film called Maggie. Have you seen that? I haven't. Okay, um, it's an interesting movie. It's a very different role for him. It's with Abigail Breslin, who's this little uh, actress. She's now like a teenage girl, but she was in like um, Little Miss Sunshine and films like that. And she, she plays his daughter, and it's in a kind of alternate reality where there's a zombie breakout happening. And she slowly is turning into a zombie. And it's a gritty drama about him basically having to let go of his daughter. It's a very different role for him. It's not an action movie at all. How does he do when it um, comes to the, the dramatic portion of... It's of... good. you always going to have a hard time getting over Arnie's accent. But I was surprised that I actually enjoyed the movie. It's quite slow. But he's actually good in it. Like, you really care about him, and it's quite heartbreaking. It's called Maggie, which is the name of his daughter. Um, I, I do recommend that. Um, we're almost done here. We've got to wrap up. This has been so much fun, though. Um, then, of course, they did Terminator Genesis, uh, 2015. Okay, this film is a mess. He's fun in it. So you said you haven't seen it. From what I understand, do they... they create an entirely new timeline yeah, essentially. they change it all but worst of all they make john connor the bad guy it just goes ridiculous so here's my being a game of thrones fan yeah I almost amelia clark is yeah. sarah connor she's good in it and she probably is i don't want to watch anything with amelia clark outside of game of thrones I right know. now so i don't have anything ruined from that but i heard that it was a completely new timeline yeah and it completely tries to kickstart again this franchise yeah. which it I just do not like classic franchises trying to reboot and reboot and mess with the timeline and mess with the canon that will be there, won't be there. And if Cameron comes back, it's going to be a shame to see they put this much time and money into movies that won't even be a part of his canon right. with his storyline. Yeah, uh, like my wife actually enjoys this movie. I don't. Um, you know, you do get to see Arnie say, you know, Super corny lines again, like, I need a vacation, you know, which he says in this, which is funny. But now, um, do you get the remind me here, I haven't seen it, but uh, a CGI version of a younger Arnie from the first Terminator no, in that? He's an old, grizzled Arnie. Uh, the, Doesn't the, he fight the, fight against? The, no, he's good. The plot in this is all over the place. It's all over the place. Salvation has like a CGI'd young um, Arnie, the Got one it. with Christian Bale, um, which is set in the future. That's right. Um, Genesis is all over the place. So I'll move on from that. You don't need to watch it. Okay, then he did another film, uh, which was like a gritty urban drama called Aftermath, which came out last year in 2017. It's actually not a bad film. Um, I won't say more than that. Then he did a comedy, action comedy with, uh, called um, Killing Gunther, um, which was very mediocre. He's like the world's best assassin. It's very poor. And um, actually, I think you're right. Maggie, Aftermath, and Killing Gunther, these all went straight on demand to home video. I remember seeing Maggie on the Redbox right. you know, list of titles and went... Oh, what do we? What, Arnie. <laughs> I just had that moment where I went, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see... It's like seeing your favorite athlete. Yeah a second string for a minimal contract, you know, at the end of his career, getting one last paycheck. And I don't think it's a paycheck. Maybe it is after his divorce filings, but in that whole scandal he had, I don't think he really needs money though. This guy <laughs> at this point, it's, he still has a passion for acting. He still has a place with it, which is very admirable, but it's hard to see such a prolific legend. That's in my part of my life in a straight to DVD movie and sitting on row 16 of the red box. Stand. I agree, man. It is sad. So look, I mean, I don't want to like, 
you know, squander his legacy because I fucking love Arnold. Uh, that's where we are now. Someone needs to give him an original movie to do, but uh, the theatrical releases, we've got Terminator 6 coming out next year, which, again, I'm excited for because Linda Hamilton's coming back. James Cameron is involved. Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool, is attached to it. Um, but I want to see him do more. But the, the truth is, his body of work, alone from 1982 to 1994 cements him as one of the greatest movie stars and action stars on planet earth do you agree and one of the most iconic figures of our yeah. time in american hollywood and yeah. i think it would do the audience well and just kind of the the, the tmg nation to go back and start re-watching some of these movies from that golden era of Arnold and really enjoy yourself again. Find your place. Go back with whoever you watched it with in the first place if you still are friends with those friends and just go through those experiences again or just by yourself. It's magical. and I, It sounds over the top and ridiculous, but it really is magical to get that experience again because if you were raised with Arnold, you can still... That's, experience that's a really good point as well, Ethan, because there's a lot of the young listeners who, unfortunately, the last 20 years, what's the big deal about Arnold? Yeah, go back to the 80s. Go back to the the, the early 90s. He was awesome. Look, we're going to wrap up. This has been so much fun. Um, but there is one final thing I, I want to touch upon, because um, you mentioned Dwayne Johnson, The Rock who now has kind of become the new Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, he's releasing two or three movies a year. They're huge blockbuster movies. They make a lot of money. Um, do you think he compares with Arnold Schwarzenegger at all? I don't think he compares in my mind because it's kind of like comparing Michael Jordan to LeBron James. They're actors in their, in their industry in two completely different time periods. So one thing I'll say is that Dwayne Johnson has the advantage of technology and CGI and movie storytelling. Not that some of his movies are great storytelling, but they you do have a much a higher upgrade of movies right. in general. Hmm. Well, Arnold worked with, if you watch the original Terminator, that you could see really cheesy prosthetics from one cut to the next to the next cut. Visibly obvious. You don't have that with Dwayne Johnson. You have, in our minds, in our context of watching movies today, the perfect scene, the perfect image, the perfect look. He does have every trait that Arnold had, which was the million-dollar smile, the biceps, the muscles, the charisma, the humor, the comedy. Yeah, He does play on that well, so he almost mirrors what made Arnie successful, which is probably the best thing you could do for yourself as an actor in his position. But it feels like a remake of what we had with Arnie. And it, 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 I'm very distanced from it because probably because I'm just not as much, I'm not in that same time in my life personally, but also it just looks like a read, a redo of what Arnold did as an actor and the blaze, the, you know, the trail he blazed uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. Movie making. So obviously he did blaze a trail for people like Dwayne, the rock Johnson to, to be in the spotlight. I mean, it's crazy. The Rock is the highest paid actor in Hollywood right now. Unbelievable. It's nuts. So uh, again, we, we got to wrap up, but um, I, I've loved chatting with you. Here's what I think about it. Um, he, he shares the same charisma. He, I agree with that. Uh, I think The Rock is very charismatic. I do not think he does the same kinds of movies. And I think that's the difference. And I, I, I think I get what you're saying. He has an advantage with technology, but he's churning out movie after movie that is just dumb. Arnold Schwarzenegger made great movies. He really did. He has a dozen films 
that are classics. If I go back, go forward in 20 years and are, we're having the same conversation, I'm not going to have memorable Dwayne Johnson, The Rock movies right. in my mind. I'm going to have memorable, solid films from Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. from the time periods you've mentioned that will last the, the 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 test of time that's what the rock needs to do instead of just remaking shamanji or doing 50 million fast and furious movies exactly. and by the way jumanji was actually fun surprisingly he needs to do some terminators true lies you know predators he needs to do some like films in his own right anyway good well look that was our spotlight episode on arnold schwarzenegger we are done my friend Went by just like that, like a snap of a finger. It's In unbelievable. like an hour and a half. So. Crazy. <laughs> I hope the listeners enjoyed it. But look, come on. He's the man. So we had to give him the time. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, of course. Uh, and I know you're a huge Game of Thrones nerd. Over the top. Uh, we'll cross that bridge at the right time, I'm assuming. Yeah. So it's kind of an off season right now because unfortunately we're all desperately waiting for Game of Thrones to come back for its final season next year you are welcome to come back on the show i would we be will nerd out over i would it. be honored you know i felt i nerded at a novice level today with arnie from my passion towards his movies but we will deep dive into the depths of the earth with game of thrones <laughs> when we get to that chance i look forward to it all right man well thank you so much good night everyone take care Thanks again for listening to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. My friendly reminders, please make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tony the Movie Guy. Email us at Tony the Movie Guy podcast at gmail.com. Please, with ideas and suggestions for upcoming episodes, we would love to hear from you. Also, make sure that you are leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Those are super important. We'd really appreciate it. And if you'd like to become a supporter of the podcast, please look us up on Patreon and GoFundMe. You can make a one-time donation. You can make a monthly donation. It helps us keep going and making quality episodes like this one for you. So I will see you next week. Bye-bye.